Welcome to In Him with Pastor Dan Wormuth of Joplin Family Worship Center, located on East 7th Street in Joplin, where they are passionate about sharing the freedom and forgiveness found in Jesus Christ. Now, here's Pastor Dan with this week's edition of In Him. The Lord Yahweh Jehovah. Pastor Cindy taught us about how the very first name we see of God being revealed to us in creation, Elohim. In the beginning, Elohim made the heavens and the earth. That is an understanding of who he is as Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. The Godhead is represented in creation. What a powerful expression. Then we looked last week at how God was revealing himself to Abraham. Remember, God told, uh, uh, he he spoke to Abraham, told him what he wanted to do, get up out of this place, out of the Ur of the Chaldees, and I want you to go to a land that I'm going to show you. So we saw God revealing himself to Moses. We saw that God revealed himself to Abraham. Abraham obviously first and then Moses as Jehovah or Yahweh. We also studied that the Jews would take the name of Yahweh. And we say the word Yahweh, which we're not really sure exactly how it would be pronounced because they made the name so sacred that we lost the ability to know the exact definition of the pronunciation. Some say it can, it's a lost pronunciation. Uh, that's fine. I don't think so. Last time I checked, he's not Jehovah Sneaky. There is no place where you can find him being called Jehovah Sneaky. He is definitely Jehovah Reveal It is what he is. So he loves to reveal it. But we see in his name Yahweh uh, that the name Adonai and those letters being blended with Yahweh or Yahweh, uh, we see Yahweh or Jehovah. And he's expressing that to us because he wants us to know. I want to remind you that when God made Adam and Eve and they had a relationship with him in the garden, unlike us who just walk into another room, If I'm in the living room and Pastor Cindy is in the bedroom, she'll call out, hey, Dan. She doesn't call me pastor unless she really is needing the pastoral ministry in my life. And then she'll call pastor, you know, but but when she calls my name, then she's saying my name, Dan. It's because I'm out of sight and she wants to know if I can hear her. In the garden, there was none of that. In the beginning of creation, God was not, they weren't calling on his name. Oh God, where are you? Remember, his glory abode not only with them, but his glory was their clothing. They were were garmented with his presence. So literally, everywhere they were, they felt his presence. But he manifested in walking with them in the cool of the day after they had labored. But they never sensed separation. There was never a sense of, he's not with us right now while we're working. He was always with them. They were always cognizant of his presence so they didn't have to call his name every other moment when they were on the backside of Eden doing some oh Jehovah where are you hide and seek time that was none of that going on they were cognizant of his presence it wasn't until after the fall and their departure out of the garden and 200 years the Bible says in in the day of Enos, not Enoch, but Enos, Abraham, um, Adam's great grandson, we have now 
him calling on the name of the Lord and making a sacrifice. It took 200 years for them to fully lose the cognizant sense of his presence, even though his glory had departed from them and he had to make garments for them. Now, the reason why that's important for you to be reminded of is because God is no longer bound by the sin that happened in the garden. Jesus paid the price and he reunited us with himself and the Father. That's why Paul talks to us about in him we live and move and have our being. If you live a life where prayer is, oh, okay, let's see, I need to talk to the Lord. All right, let me get over here and get my Morse code device out, telegraph, Lord, been a long time, I know, I'm sorry. How you doing? Great. Heaven's good? Great. Um, I got a problem. Can you help me out? There's way too many Christians behaving that way towards God as if they've got to go and pick up a special phone and call him or go telegraph him or send him an email and try to engage him. Then they come into a worship service and they sense his presence. And sometimes it's that shame that's the first response that it's been so long since I've been in his presence. Ladies and gentlemen, we come here to have the corporate experience with his presence. But you brought his presence with you when you came and you take it with you when you go. But there's something about when two or three are gathered together in his name, him being in the midst of them in a way that's different than when he's just with you. So if you have called on his name and you are born again, you bear his presence. It's the conscious mind that becomes either seared on one end of the spectrum or just not cognizant of the word of God that says, I will never leave you or forsake you. He's with us. He's in the boat. The storm is raging. Wake up, Jesus. Don't you care? We're drowning here. He was physically with them and they felt separated from him. It's not, don't tell me when I see him and touch him, I'll feel better. No, they had him right there and felt separated like they were about to die. That's why you and I really need this encounter with the names of God. Because his names are really not about a title you call on to get his attention. Although when he hears you say that name, he knows you understand the dimension of his nature and character he wants to express himself in. I just want to tell you right now. I've learned that the revealed names of God are the revealed character and nature of God that he wants you to know that if you understand that and you call on that, Jehovah Jireh, Jehovah Rapha, Jehovah Shalom, Jehovah Yahweh, Jehovah, uh, Jehovah, whatever the name, the, the compound name with Jehovah, or how about this one? Oh, Lion of the tribe of Judah. The moment I say, I call upon the Lion of the tribe of Judah, he knows what you're looking for from him. And he knows that you put your faith in the revelation of who he is as the lion of the tribe of Judah. I'm about to bless myself standing here talking to you about this. I'm getting excited thinking about how he wants to reveal the total nature and character of who he is. And he wants that to be an inner witness for you and I, not an external run to it. 
I know we read the scripture, the name of the Lord is a strong tower and the righteous runneth into it. If I could just get there, whoo, help me Jesus, help me. Please, somebody. Think about it. The name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous runneth into it and are safe. The name of the Lord. Yahweh! Immediately you're in the tower. Immediately shout to the Lord. Shout to Yahweh. Shout to Jehovah. Shout to Elohim. Shout to him. Call on his name. In the moment that you acknowledge his presence. We're not talking about he's in the other room. We're talking about he's in the inner room. Can I get a witness on that one? Boy, one of these days I'm going to get me a wild willy there playing on that. I got to give Joe a break every once in a while. Look at him and just say, take a break, Joe. Hallelujah. Open your Bibles, if you would, to Genesis chapter 17. I'm feeling so good about this message that I'm about to just lose my time and I want to want to get to this and press on it for a little bit I'm going to ask you to just consider that this this study in the names of God really should be for all of us an ongoing study when I hear the name when I hear someone say Jesus is a friend of the sinner it's saying that his mercy is calling the sinner to repentance He's the lily of the valley, the bright and morning star. He's the fairest of 10,000 to my soul. Whatever the old song is that you used to sing, think about calling on those songs, pull back the memory. He's the light of the world. Oh, beautiful star of Bethlehem. Shine upon me till the break of dawn. Give us the light to light the way into the land. There are so many old songs etched upon the inside of my soul that they include a name or an expression or revelation of who he is. The greatest poetry is the word of God in my mouth. When my ears hear it, that's the greatest poetry. Genesis 17 talks to us about God revealing himself to Abraham. So this is a very important a revelation in Genesis 17, verse 1 through 3. When Abram was 99 years old, the Lord appeared to him and said, I am the almighty God. Walk and live habitually before me and be perfect, blameless, wholehearted, and complete. And I will make my covenant solemn pledge between me and you and will multiply you exceedingly. Then Abram fell on his face and God said to him, as for me, behold, my covenant or my solemn pledge is with you and you shall be the father of many nations." Nor shall your name be any longer Abram, which it means high exalted father, but your name shall be called Abraham, father of a multitude or father of many nations. For I have made you the father of many nations. 
Now, I'm going to ask you right now that when you have an encounter with God, if you'll listen to what God says, when God says something, it is what he said it is. He's 99. He's heard from God about 70, 71, 72 years old. At 85, 86, Sarah, her name is Sarai at the time, and she is this contending one, and strong-willed, and she, Sarai has got a plan. Come in here with Hagar, and we'll raise up a child that way. And now you can see the Middle East has been suffering ever since. Ever since Abram listened to Sarai before her name change and go and start something that ought not to have begun. And yet God, you heard from Pastor Cindy, I think already, God will still keep his promise to Abram that his seed would be blessed. And so Hagar's son Ishmael has a blessing today. They got a whole lot of oil going on. Did you hear me? But God was not in that. Women strategizing was in that. And Abram feeling a whole lot of, if I don't do something while I can still do something, I won't be able to do something. And now he's 99 and he can't do nothing. You understand what I'm saying? It's just not working. But God shows up. What God shows up, I want to tell you who it is that shows up. It says, when Abram was 99, the Lord appeared to him and said, I am the almighty God. That name that God is revealing to him is the name El Shaddai. I want you to know today that when God shows up, he wants to show you that he has provision for you. God is revealing his name to a man that he had made a promise to, and that man so far has left the place where God told him to leave and to go start a new life, but we still have him not fully seeing the manifestation. He's beyond frustration. He's now in complete and total, it'll never happen. But God shows up again, and when he does, he takes God at his word, and God is reading that man's heart. When God speaks to him, and he, did you hear me? He's reading his heart. And when he says, I am the Lord God Almighty, I am El Shaddai. When he heard God say that's who he was, he believed because he knew that voice, and he believed he was about to hear another expression of who God wanted to be in his life. He still knows that his body is not able to do what in the natural it should do. But when he took God at his word and God read his heart in the matter, God began to do a work inside of his body. Can I get an amen? And so this powerful revelation of El Shaddai for us is very important. There's a, there's a man named Dr. W.A. Criswell, and he talks about El Shaddai. And as he does, he says this, it is the further enrichment of the supreme name of Yahweh. Yahweh is represented by the El here in the name El Shaddai. God, the all-sufficient one. God, the almighty one. God, the all-powerful one. God, Yahweh El, who is omnipotent. All power. You ought to just shout it out, all power. 
Not some power, not that power, not her power, not his power, all power. God is omnipotent. He is El Shaddai, the almighty God. He is God almighty all by himself. He is Yahweh, the supreme God, almighty, all supply, all powerful. It will be done. So when he said his name to him, Dr. Criswell is saying that this name El Shaddai literally means sufficiency, sufficient. He is the self-sufficient. God doesn't go to Walmart to shop. He sends us to go do that and love on somebody. The other day I went to Walmart and had to get a few things and there was a lady pulled up in her little scooter. You know, the Walmart scooter and she's sitting there and I see her kind of thumbing through her purse and she's looking at her stuff and she's just got a few things there and I'm thinking, you're the God that is more than enough. So as I pay for my stuff, I got one of those cards over there, pulled it off the, the rack and I told a woman, fill it. And I said, put a hundred dollars on that card. And she said, okay. I didn't do it loud. I just said, put $100 on that. And so she put it on. And then when she was done ringing me up, I turned and looked at that lady and said, did you know Jesus loves you? Yes, I know he does. And it came out of her like, I know he loves me. I'd like him to love on me a little bit more right now because I'm just kind of in a hurting place. You could just see it on her face. Yet you saw that I know he loves me. But you see that and I go, did you know that he has a plan for you? Oh, yes. I know he does. Well, that plan includes you getting blessed today. And I want to tell you something. He is the God of more than enough. So put your purse away and use this card. There's $100 on there. I'm sure it'll buy whatever is on that, 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 in that basket you got, and it'll be more. You can put some gas in your car. And I said, I bless you in the name of the God who is the God of more than enough. His name is Jehovah, and he is also called Jesus of Nazareth. And she's like, yes, he is. Amen. And then she pulls her card up, and she's got that card in her hand. And you know, and there's the, the clerk going, that was so nice of you. And I'm, no, that was Jesus. That wasn't me. I went shopping at Walmart because the Lord sent me to be a blessing. But God doesn't go to Walmart. I tell you that story because I want you to see that God was the God of more than enough for that little grandma that day that whatever she had in her purse and she's trying to figure out, can she make it? She made it! She got everything that was there, could go back and get more if she wanted. Why? Because he's all sufficient all by himself. And he wants to show his super sufficiency through you and to you and for you. Can I get an amen? Look at your neighbor and say, he promises not to make this a two-part. He promises. He is almighty. He is almightiness. The, Dr. Criswell says he is self-sufficiency. He is the Yahweh that is adequate for you to have every victory. And even when the enemy that comes against you is an, a powerful, destructive enemy, El Shaddai rises up and in all omnipotent power overcomes the enemy. Now, when you know that, your mouth starts speaking what your heart knows and God hears it just like he did on the day he was talking to Abraham. Because when he started speaking to Abraham, Abraham not only believed it, but he responded to it.
Bible says he bowed himself before the Lord. He, he, he prostrated himself. He was saying, I believe and I worship the Lord God, El Shaddai. And promise, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, God not only loves to respond to faith, but he is moved to move mountains out of the way of a worshiper. He and she who is giving adoration to the Lord who's revealed himself will always get the next portion, another portion, a larger portion. He always responds to faith, but he is moved by our worship. Jesus performed miracles everywhere he went because of the compassion he had in his heart. But when the leopard, my God, I felt that one right there. There were 10 lepers. Can I say amen to myself? 10 lepers that he healed that day. But one, did you hear me? I said one, come back to him. Probably a Gentile. He come back and he bowed himself and he, he began to worship the Lord Jesus Christ. And in that moment, Jesus, who, in, who had been moved with compassion and healed the other nine and him, then restored the one to complete wholeness. Whatever ears had fallen off the other guy's toes, whatever, whatever it was that had been broken, he healed them and the, and the leprosy was gone. But one was restored to wholeness. Worship my Lord in heaven. I know right now you're saying, but I already went through it. I already had to pay the bill. I've already just suffered financially. I've already gone through the, the mental torment. I've already suffered. I just want to ask you right now to throw yourself before the Lord in adoration. Worship the Lord your God, El Shaddai, and watch what he'll do. Because what happened for Abram was two things, a name change and more promise. More promise was this, not only will you be blessed, but your children and your children's children and your children's children, like the sands of the sea, like the stars of the sky, they'll not be able to be counted. I will make my promise with you and to all of them. That's pretty powerful. One, one re right response to the express revealed name of God got him more than just a blessing that day. He got a blessing on his posterity. Not his posterior, but his posterity. Can I get a witness? Abraham just needed to remember. El Shaddai would take care of him. God would not let his mission for Abram failed, so he changed his name. Now, I don't know about you, but when I was younger, because I was called Danny a lot, sometimes lovingly by my mom, and sometimes like, I know I'm in trouble going to the woodshed, kind of sounding from my dad, whatever. Danny, Danny had different kinds of feels. And then when I got into my 20s and my 30s, I didn't care much for it, although my cousins, they called me that because that's who I was to them, and that, I guess that was okay. But sometimes when an older person would call me Danny, it just kind of chided me wrong. I don't know why. But one day I went to a, a, a school, a training. It was the Elijah House advanced level training. We were going to do the advanced training. And the man I was bunking with at the school for those three weeks, he was a much older man. And he knew my name was Dan. And a couple people had called me Daniel. He said, 
were you ever called Danny when you were a kid? I said, yeah, I was. He said, can I call you Danny? And I was ed up with a dumb head and said, yes. Knowing I'm in an, I'm in an Elijah house training that I'm going to have to deal with my roots and my issues. And I just gave him permission to dig around in the roots of Danny. Did you hear me? I'm, I'm telling you. But every time he called my name, Danny, I did not hear. I didn't hear him. Every time he'd say my name, I heard the tenderness of my heavenly father. God was trying to work sonship in this boy long ago. He'd say, Danny, and I would just, yes, yes, sir. i just look at him and respond. There was no chiding. There was no, it wasn't a burr under the saddle. It wasn't a, a rough, you know, um, sandpaper on the heart. It just had this, always had this tonation of just love, tenderness. Well, only the Holy Ghost could have known to pry to prod him or provoke him to call me that and for the Holy Ghost to show me that there was something about that name that was precious to the Lord. I thought about it after a while and realized that, you know, you and I, we just need to come to the Lord, let him reveal himself to us so that even if someone called you by something you didn't like, I told you that story because Abram detested his name. Every time they said, Abram, it meant exalted father. He wasn't even a dad yet until he was 86 when he had the kid with Hagar. And that didn't turn out so well. So every time someone said Abram, they were saying exalted father. He didn't care much for that. But God, in response to Abram's responding to him, he said, your name will no longer be exalted, Father. Your name will now be called the father of many nations. Abraham. And that name change brought with it a whole heart change, attitude change. And then when he said, you will have a child with her, and her name will no longer be called Sarai, but it shall be called Sarah. She is a princess. So God made her a princess and made him the father of many nations. And you know what? Stuff started working. The Lord restored to her her years. She conceived a child, and Isaac, the son of promise, is born. Why? Because he who is all-sufficient, he who is the almighty God, he who is in... What? Not impotent. Thank you for listening to In Him with Pastor Dan Wormuth of Joplin Family Worship Center. Listen to this broadcast again at KNEO.org. You can also download a podcast version of today's message by searching KNEO on iTunes. Joplin Family Worship Center is located on East 7th Street in Joplin and has ministries for all ages. They invite you to join them this week for Sunday morning worship at 10 a.m. and Wednesday evening service at 7 p.m. Find out more at jfwc.org or facebook.com slash Joplin Family Worship Center. Follow Pastor Dan on Twitter at Daniel H. Wormuth. Thank you for listening. And remember, in Him, you are free.